With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. These are the top two running backs for week six of fantasy football we have made it what a position to talk about six weeks into the season hayden it changes every single week these guys stay at the top welcome back into our lives austin eckler you face the dallas cowboys you're second on this list and chris mccaffrey at number one against a difficult matchup hayden cleveland yep. browns but uh he's the one-on-one this year yeah he's been absolutely ludicrous this year the niners team total is down uh under 22 points which is a lot less than it usually is but the offense funnels through him first and then everyone else afterwards and then austin eckler said he's 99 sure he's gonna be back this week i think he's gonna catch a ton of passes especially if justin herbert's finger uh is kind of pointed in the wrong direction more check downs and overall usage for austin eckler is uh coming my only question is what the hell does statler woldorf mean did you ever not watch the muppets no Come on. i was ball playing, outside only i was playing kickball outside that's right, that's right. <laughs> uh, people in the comments let us know if you know uh the statler and Waldorf reference. Uh, we'll get into the other third or four names on these tiers and rankings as we go along. Again, huge change-ups, huge backfield changes, all that good stuff. Just quickly with Christian McCaffrey, the 49ers have scored 30 or more points in eight consecutive regular season games. They've scored on a league-high 54% of their possessions. I will add, again, a difficult matchup. It doesn't matter. The Browns are allowing negative rushing yards before contact this season. Fun creating outside of contact and see if the 49ers offensive line can make this Brown seem off a bye any worse. And for Austin Eckler, I totally agree with everything that you said. Uh, and I'm right now, I think, tied with Austin Eckler in the face league I play against him this season. Okay, let's go to your running back three in the next tier where he mostert against the Carolina Panthers. I think this is the number one offensive rush O in DVOA versus the 32nd ranked rush D in DVOA. When people say off the charts, that's exactly what's going on here. Yeah, it's it's the best matchup Raheem could possibly dream up. And then behind him, obviously, question marks. We have Devon Achan confirmed on injured reserve. Who is going to be Raheem's backup? That's the question right now. Miami has the highest team total on the week. Uh, he's going to go crazy by himself. Behind him, I think they want it to be Jeff Wilson. They gave him money this offseason. He was a starter last year. Uh, it's unclear if he's actually going to be fully ready to go. I know he's practicing coming off of that IR spot. If it's not him, Salvin Ahmed was a healthy scratch last week, uh, but he kind of fits more of the Devon Achan type of body type and speed. This other guy, Chris Brooks, he's a big dude, lead blocker, special teams, all that stuff. Either way, I feel extremely confident in Raheem oh, yeah. Mostert this week. And then maybe if we're lucky, we can get Jeff Wilson also in the mix, but I think that's going to be a discussion for a Sunday morning show. I love this. I'm totally with you on having Raheem Mostert this high. Just looking at consensus rankings, which I like to do to, you know, try to find pivot points for us. Uh, they have Raheem Mostert as a running back eight overall. So if you're drafting in Battle Royales or playing DFS this weekend, uh, maybe 
pay up for him. Mostert is the right way of looking at that. Just quickly, this will not surprise you. Miami leads the NFL in rate of runs to gain five or more yards and 10 or more yards. That's at 46%. And then 20% of their runs this year gained 10 or more yards. And a lot of them, they're not even touched by that point. It is insane to watch these linebackers because every single play, it's a pitch. And there's somebody else running in motion the opposite way. And these linebackers legitimately don't even know what direction to run. It's like the most absurd thing I've ever seen. And just to put fancy points to that number of how bad the Panthers rush D is this year, they've surrendered 22.4 rushing points per game to opposing running backs. That's just rushing points. That's not receiving (laughs) points to backfields. Okay. We go to the number four back on this list. This surprised me a little bit. Tony Pollard against the Chargers. Yeah, his efficiency is down. His, like, force miss tackle rate just for example is like 25% of what it was going into this year. This is just the chargers are still the ninth worst uh, defense against fantasy running backs. We talked about Tony Pollard being a regression candidate because he's been stuck at the goal line. The Cowboys just haven't played a normal game and this yeah. is, should be a normal game. And I was maybe a little bit surprised as well to see this is uh, implied team totals. The Cowboys have the fifth highest team total on the week they're favored against the chargers despite being on the road in a game that has a close uh point spread this week both of these offenses can play fast i know they want to get tony pollard going here but i know it's just been absolutely brutal week after week but they haven't played any normal games on paper this looks like a normal game and in normal games tony pollard should be himself especially they have their entire offensive line back now that's also been an underlying thing for the cowboys yeah none of their games so far has ended with a single digit point difference i believe now in a couple of those they've won by double digit points so like typically in those environments we totally love the running back but you know variance hits at times okay and pick sixes in those games too. and pick sixes your running back five is travis Etienne against the indianapolis colts just dating back to off-season discussions, we get things right, we get things wrong. I hypothesized, based on listening to the coach speak, that this team did not want to go through the section of the season like they did last year, where Travis Etienne was getting like 19, 22, 24 touches. Um, he got 30 touches last week. He now owns 82.5% of backfield touches on the season. This is maybe the most workhorse running back in the NFL other than like Kyron Williams. Yeah, he's got such a great role, and the Jaguars are playing really fast. They've ran the third most plays per game. They're projected for a lot of points, as usual. And like the big thing is just Tink Bigsby's been completely rug-pulled from this offense. The last inside the five-yard line touches have gone to ETN. That's been the big difference. And I, I think a little bit is just because Tank Bigsby has been the second-worst PFF-graded running back. So they don't trust Tank Bigsby yet. There hasn't been a bye week to get him going Either yep. so, I think in the meantime, Travis Etienne's playing on passing downs and getting the goal line on a good uh, offense, and also Travis Etienne, he's Mister One Big Touchdown Run at a time too. So this is this is a re-ranking, but justified after last week. And again, I think that Etienne has had what three carries from inside the five yard line in the last two weeks. That doesn't even include a six yard line run, but she took in for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And the other part of this that adds a ceiling to his fantasy points is that he's averaging 3.6 catches per game compared to just 2.1 per game last yep. season. Okay. You're running back six this week, Josh Jacobs against the new England Patriots. Good stuff happened for Josh Jacobs in week five. 
Yeah, I think he's looking like himself again. The first couple of weeks have been brutal, but if you're looking at expected half PPR points, he's cleared 16.1, which is a ton uh, in four of the five games. He's one of the few remaining bell cows that could win in either game script. They are hosting the Patriots. The Patriots, definitely a good defense, but they are a very injured defense. At the same time, they're projected for 22 points, which is about NFL average, which is typically higher um, than what the Raiders have been at. So it's just a good spot. And this is kind of where he lines up as if he's like a league average player. He hasn't been that so far. But to me on tape, it seems like we're getting back to where he was potentially last year. And I don't trust the Patriots to to do anything too crazy here. I think this is a, a neutral matchup for him. The Patriots are always, from a personnel standpoint on defense, like big dudes who can thump, right? Um, and so they are typically quite good against the run. Not saying that's the case every single time this season, but where they have been gotten at the running back position this year, they're allowing 5.6 receptions per game to opposing backs, which is 24th in the league. And we know that Josh Jacobs literally still has zero competition among backs uh, on his own team. And like Amir Abdullah checks in here and there every once in a while. Your running back seven is Bijan Robinson against the Washington Commanders. I mean, he's coming off a season low, 58 yards from scrimmage, also lost a fumble. However, we know that he also has one catch against his thigh for a touchdown and juking our defender into the end zone. Yeah, he's still so damn good. The usage has not been there like the typical elite running backs. I think Bijan eventually can get that, but this graph showing Tyler Algier did get the only inside the five-yard line touch uh, opportunity, though Bijan was just outside of that too. So we're nitpicking here. I think it's a, a neutral matchup. Uh, the commanders have a really strong defensive line, um, but the Falcons are 2.5-point home favorites here as well. I just don't think that Bijan's going to completely dust Tyler Algier. Yeah. Algier plays in the first half just because he's more a little bit more north-south. Um, but coming off of Desmond Ritter's best game, I do think that's going to help Bijan moving forward. Hopefully Desmond could continue what he did last week. And the commanders are allowing the 24th most, uh, I should say they're the 24th worst uh, in the league against explosive runs, 3.6 per game, 3.6 per game. So let's get Bijan and those cuts with that forward lean and acceleration. Can I ask you this question before we get to Tyler Algier? Because mm -hmm. With Bijan Robinson, I think in week four, he handled 70% of the backfield work. Then in yeah. week five, it was 46%. Is like the margin for error at 24%. And we should just live with that because that seems like a pretty big drop off. I think it's just it's just game script dependent. So like for Tyler Algier in the close games, he's at average 12.2 expected fantasy points and the big losses at 6.4. So like the percentage of the pie gets bigger for Bijan because they'll remove Algier's north south rushing when they're trailing. So uh I it's Bijan's not game script dependent at all. Tyler Algier is. So uh but I think ultimately we want the Falcons winning games um for Bijan too. At the Cincinnati Bengals, your number eight running back, Kenneth Walker, checks in here. Uh, Seattle has only converted 29% of their third down plays this season. That is 31st in the NFL. And despite all of those situations, Kenneth Walker has been unreal this season. We're coming out of a bye, a little bit of a rest. Highly doubt Zach Charbonnet eats into a significant portion of his work because Kenneth Walker has legitimately been one of the best running backs in the league so far this season. Yeah, he's the RB10 in usage. He's played 
out of his mind, in my opinion. This chart, I talked about this on Stats versus Film, which you guys got to go watch. Two-hour show this week. I thought it was one of our best we've ever done. This is yards before contact, and then this is missed tackles per carry. It's easier to force a missed tackle when you're not getting hit at the line of scrimmage because physics, momentum, speed, all that fun stuff. Nerd stuff. Then there's Kenneth Walker, who it doesn't matter if you're trying to tackle him. He's breaking tackles no matter what. So uh, he's just been playing out of his mind. Such a good player. Uh, Not the greatest matchup. Very neutral, in fact, in my opinion. Um, The Seahawks aren't projected for that many points. uh, But Kenneth Walker has got it done in environments like this as well. It might be a good matchup for this reason. And my buddy Rich Rebar points this out over at Sharp Football. I mentioned at the top that 20% of the Dolphins' runs have gone for 10 or more yards, right? Think about this with the Bengals defense. 17.5% of opposing teams runs have gone for 10 or more yards. That is 31st in the NFL. So big play player like Kenneth Walker, boom spot, boom spot. And look, you talked about it last year. Many people called an inefficient runner, Kenneth Walker. This is why he's going to get replaced. Only 20% of his runs have been deemed negative runs this season. That's 20th in the NFL. So it's a vast improvement versus last year. And he's ninth among all backs with 50 or more carries and explosive run rate. He's at 12.5%. Again, that should elevate even more this week against this Bengals defense. And number one metric I care about is I think he's the most fun running back <laughs> yeah. to watch. Love that. Alvin Kamara, promo code Alvin for the OGs at the Houston Texans this week. Um, eight of the 11 touchdowns that Houston has given up this season via rushing the highest rate in the NFL. Yeah. And I think there's a reason for that. Teams are choosing to run the ball against the Texans defense at the third highest rate in neutral situations. And I don't think you have to dare the saints to kind of lean into that in either way. Alvin Kamara won't when they're trailing, he's going to get peppered with short targets, especially if Derek Carr's arm is still on a little bit sideways. He's been the RB nine on RB3 usage, he looks kind of whatever to me uh, in general, but Kendra Miller is just garbage time only. And this is just lower than what his usage would indicate. It's just hard to like fade a running back that's getting what 15 right. carries, five targets every single game and the goal line role. And I don't think that Kendra Miller has like earned more playing time. I think he's like a fine number two. But to me, this offense goes around Alvin Kamara than the pass game. 24 and 25 touches over the past wow. two weeks. I I think part of what you said can maybe be attributed to their left tackle position. Trevor Penning, I think, has been brutal this season, and uh, that's a big departure from when he was on the field. Teron Armstead was one of the better left tackles in the league. Okay, we'll close out this second tier and the top 10 with, other than Kenneth Walker, our favorite running back in the league. That is Dave Montgomery at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He, the running back, has a touchdown in every game he's played in this season. Gage has been such a stud out there. Jameer Gibbs, he was a DNP on Wednesday, and we don't really care about Jameer Gibbs uh, if you have David Montgomery either. Uh, Only negative I can kind of bring up right now is the Lions team total is only at 23 and a quarter points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay's like historically been decent against the run, not as big of a uh, pass funnel uh, nowadays. But the Lions, they're number two in running back fantasy usage. And a lot of that is going to David Montgomery. Um, and I would be, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jameer Gibbs misses another game. So give me all the touchdown opportunities um, for David Montgomery. 
the Bucks have not allowed a rushing touchdown so far this season. So that means they've only allowing 8.3 rushing points per game, but they are allowing nearly five yards per carry to opposing running backs. So to me, this is a situation where Dave Montgomery puts two tutties on them and uh, puts Ooh. a little punches stamp. There we go. Tier three opens with DeAndre Swift, a man we were higher than consensus on heading into the season. He faced the New York Jets offense over the past two weeks, Hayden, both Isaiah Pacheco and Jaleel McLaughlin have had explosive runs and average over five yards per carry against this Jets defense. Yeah, I think it's a neutral defense for DeAndre Swift. I think the more important thing is the Eagles are seven-point favorites, and in fourth quarters, we've seen them just run the ball a ton to DeAndre Swift. He's been the RB7 on RB7 usage over the last month. Uh, I'm kind of sticking with that. I'm surprised the uh, the Eagles are only projected for 24 points, but I believe they're on the road here. And Jets defense, I think, usually is is pretty solid. Uh, but I think late in the fourth quarter, we're probably going to see, what, six, seven, eight carries in a row for DeAndre Swift. He's running back 15 in consensus rankings. I, I'm shocked that people just aren't going all the way in. On yeah, what happened to like all the DeAndre Swift right? fans? Like I thought, I thought it, you couldn't go on Twitter without it just being trending De- DeAndre Swift. It seems like I don't know where this. I think it's because he's not catching passes. The it only like DeAndre Swift is only <laughs> catching passes now that he's getting 19 carries and some goal line opportunities. They don't like him as much. It, it might be he's gone too mainstream for the people. Yeah, and you know they liked him for his early stuff, yeah. not when he sold out to Sony. Or, or is I it mean, because he's taking Kenny Gainwell's looks and that's the yeah, they, scam they actually want? Fighting with themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, anyone running behind this offensive line is good. I also think that DeAndre Swift is elevating that because of his explosive runs. And I think any defensive line, to be perfectly honest with you, is a mismatch against this Philadelphia Eagles defensive line. The yards before contact for DeAndre Swift yeah. are outrageous. It's just like outrageous. wide open lanes. Like, yeah, it's awesome. Kyron Williams is your running back 12. This is against the Arizona Cardinals. It's great weeks and mediocre weeks for Kyron Williams. And it's all because it's when he finds the end zone or he doesn't. Right. Good news for him this week, though. Look at the Rams. Fourth highest team total. They're playing fast. Kyron didn't get at home last week against like an absolutely ludicrous Eagles defensive line. Cardinals do not scare me nearly as much. And even last week, Kyron Williams, 84% snaps. Uh, obviously, Cooper Cup coming back makes it a little bit harder for Kyron to see a target. And maybe the goal line work goes a little bit more pass oriented. But I think they're going to get down to the goal line a ton. And ultimately, that's what matters. So uh, he's he's a rock solid player to me. Again, great stat from my buddy Rich Rebar. Go check out his work over at Sharp Football Analysis. Kyron Williams has now been last or tied for last in yards below expectations in three of the opening five weeks of the season. I don't know how much I put in above, below uh, rushing yards over expectation, but when it's a trend, I do believe in it, right? And like Kyron Williams is a below average to average talent at the NFL level, but it's so clear that Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford trusts him, especially in passing situations. He's going to be out there all the time. It's not a Zach Evans or Ronnie Rivers or anything like that. And specifically in passing situations, the Cardinals are 30th in receiving points allowed per game to backfields at 14. And the good news for Kyron, it's like that that phrase, uh, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than the person you're next to. He, all he has to do is be better than Ronnie Rivers. I like his chances. He does need to score a touchdown, though, because mm-hmm. in the games that he hasn't scored a touchdown, he's been the running back 27 and 32 this season. Isaiah Pacheco against the Denver Broncos. Maybe quietly, Isaiah Pacheco's evolving 
and emerging as like a feature back runner on this team. He's owned 76% and 74% of the backfield touches over the last two weeks. Yeah, they've basically given CH like a half dozen snaps, but it's all Isaiah Pacheco on early situations. Um, and yeah, the Broncos, they're almost averaging 10 more fantasy points allowed to running backs than the second worst defense. It's like all time bad situation. Uh, game script, obviously, in his favor once again. Pacheco's another one's kind of like DeAndre Swift, where like I'm not the biggest DeAndre Swift or Isaiah Pacheco like. Mm-hmm fan but like at the end i was like i'm ranking him higher than everybody else right and that's kind of what i'm doing i believe in consensus rankings again just like the usage has just been so good for isaiah pacheco right now totally with you uh he's a running back 13 exactly in consensus rankings this week just to give you an outline of the running backs that have faced this broncos defense over the last few weeks uh, the running back one overall was Brian Robinson. The running back one overall was Devon Achan. The running back two overall was Raheem Mostert. The running back eight overall was Cleo Herbert. And the running back three overall was Brees Hall. Damn. <laughs> that's wild. I mean, that's, that's honestly impressive. Derek Henry is your running back 14. This is against the Baltimore Ravens. I believe this is in London this week. Um, in the two games in which the Titans were in negative game script for long stretches of the contest, Derrick Henry handled just 58% and 59% of the backfield touches. And the other three, when it was close or the Titans were in command, that was at 81%, 74%, and 74%. He is officially in the game script zone because Taiji is actually getting some like nice sidekick usage. Um, yeah, Derrick Henry over the last month has been the running back 16. There are four and a half point dogs here to the Ravens and the Ravens defense. We have a lot of respect since that Roquan uh, trade last season. They're only allowing 3.8 yards per carry to running backs. They're one of six defenses to not allow a rushing touchdown to a running back this year. Only bright spot to me right now with Derrick Henry is obviously he's capable of ripping off a long touchdown. We saw that a couple weeks ago from like 20 yards out. And Peter Skaronsky, their first round guard, is back in the lineup. But tough matchup. And like you said, it's not the same old Derrick Henry because there was not a Spears uh, in, in his side. Right. And not the same old offensive line for the Titans either. You mentioned Skaronsky. They are 39th right now in yards before contact, allowing to their running backs. So, well, I should say Derrick Henry is at that point. So that means like six running back twos are ranked ahead of him across the league. You you could have sold me that the Titans were the 39th team. <laughs> too. <laughs> James Cook checks in as your running back 15. This is against the New York Giants. I think James Cook saw a season low in touches last week. Yeah, that's what happens when with game script, the Bills are not afraid to get some completely pass heavy. And that's what happened with James Cook last week. As you see, like he was just barely getting any of the running backs were barely getting used in the second half. I will say for James Cook, good news, 14 point home favorites. There you go. Uh, that'll help. Uh, they the defense he's playing has allowed 5.3 yards per carry. They're 29th against fantasy running backs. So hopefully he doesn't lose the goal line opportunities. But even if he does, there's still a chance that James Cook gets his signature like 15 touches and looks really explosive on them. We are 22 minutes in. I'm the awful host, and I forgot to ask you to hit that subscribe button. This is the halfway point. You've gotten your popcorn. You sit in line to the bathroom. Maybe you can a slushy or an icy. Or if you're in Charlotte, you got some Bojangles and some McAllister's iced tea. Hit that subscribe button, the notification bell. Join us on this journey as uh, we draft Dave Montgomery and Kenneth Walker every single week. Okay. Sold. Running back 16. 
We are avoiding him as Joe Mixon against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, we talked about in Stats versus Film. I don't want to go through the whole thing anymore. But to me, the reason why he is getting so many goal line and red zone opportunities that are not converting, it's actually attached to Joe Burrow's uh, maneuverability at this moment, mm -hmm. his limitations, because everything, every single run has to be at a shotgun that takes you five yards further in the backfield to take a lateral step, then forward. And the offensive line is just allowing a lot of penetration. It's just a bad boil and mixture mm -hmm. of stuff that is preventing him from scoring six points right now. Yeah, I completely agree. He's been the RB20 on RB8 usage. That's a trend for multiple seasons. Joe Mixon has not been converting touchdowns. He usually pops off for, what, five touchdowns in a game. The rest of the season has not been going his way. And yeah, I, I completely agree with what you said. It's like, to me, it's like he, Jober, like, literally just can't go under center right now. So, until that changes, things are going to be very one-dimensional for this offense. I will say they are projected for 24 and a quarter points. That's a lot, lot more. So it's time to buy uh, the Bengals offense right now. Like T Higgins is back in the lineup. And I think that Joe Mixon, even if the efficiency is bad, right. just the volume is going to be there. And that's why I still rank him where I have him. And since the volume is always there, there is going to be like a three game stretch where he probably does score like four touchdowns. Yeah. You know, right. like where regression does hit in the right way for mm -hmm. us that they run into, you know, weak defensive lines or the block blocking does work in those short yardage situations. So who knows when that happens? It hasn't so far, even though the opportunities have been there, but I think it will. And we've gotten that at points with Joe Mixon during his career too. Mm -hmm. with the Brees Hall as your running back 17 after everything he did last week, Hayden, but now he faces the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic here, but I mean, look where the Jets are. We're back to the terrible quadrant here. Project for 17 points, fewest uh, plays per game. I know Brees Hall is a monster, but they lose Elijah Vera Tucker. It's I don't think we have any clarity on if Mekhi Becton's going to play here. The Jets offensive line, even with them, has been bad. I still don't trust Zach Wilson, even though he's been playing slightly better. And I really trust the Eagles defensive line here. So credit to Brees Hall if he can do it on this one. This could be one of the games where he gets 18 touches and they don't go anywhere and there's not many goal line opportunities. All it takes for Brees, though, is like we've seen multiple times already this year is one long one. But odds are against him this time. Speaking of the long ones, uh, this is the type of game where that is going to be difficult, right? Yeah. Because... Again, against Denver last week, he could have broken three or four for long gains. The Eagles, just 6.7% of the attempts that they faced have gone 10 or more yards. That is fourth in the NFL. So this is not one where, uh, you know, 50-plus yard runs are against. Mm -hmm. Okay. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in. Room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have, and you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. 
That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. The last name in this tier is Brian Robinson at the Atlanta Falcons. Game script dependent back, but like yeah. games that they are super competitive in, Brian Robinson is a featured player in this offense. And I think that goes back to last week, Hayden, when they were chasing the Bears on the scoreboard. Washington did not call a single design run over the final 55 plays against Chicago. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. That's how a team should operate. It does not no, help. We Brian love Robinson. the running backs. No, no, we are we are the running back ambassadors. When you're, tra- when you're trailing that much, it would be nice. I mean, I, I, that was the only way that John Dotson has a chance of paying off. So you should appreciate that. Uh, for um, this game, yeah, it just I have a lot of respect for what the Falcons are doing on defense. They're first in rushing EPA allowed. They're the best unit. And they're second best against fantasy running backs because they just drain the clock. They're playing strong defense. They actually have some talent after making a lot of offseason additions. So Brian Robinson, he can finish as a top 10 running back if things go his way. But he's so inconsistent that this is where I feel more comfortable. And I put Brees ahead of him also in a bad spot. But Brees has a chance for a 50-yard touchdown. I'm not sure if Brian Robinson necessarily has that in his back. Okay. We'll start with tier number four, and that begins with Rashad White against the Detroit Lions. Here's a stat for you. Out of 50 running backs with 25 or more carries, Rashad White is 40th in yards per carry, 41st in success rate, and 39th in rate of runs for 10 or more yards. But this team is coming off their bye, so maybe they can work on that running game a little bit. I don't know what the, what there's to work on. The interior offensive line is a mess. Um, and this week, the Lions, I mean, man. The Lions are good defensively. We- 3.2 yards per carry to running backs. Yep. And the only running back to clear 6.1 half people at 6.1 was Kenneth Walker, who's an absolute savage compared to Rashad White. So the usage is there. Running back 11 usage. Love that. The production, the efficiency, the matchup all work against Rashad White. So I think it was pretty smart to have a tear break uh, here. Okay. Then we'll go to Alexander Madison as running back 20. He played a season low. of the snaps last week handled a season low 55% of backfield touches. Not saying that Cam Akers is good, but, and Alexander Madison did score a touchdown, but that is never a good thing when Alexander Madison has been a volume sponge to get home this season and he's losing some of that volume. Yeah. It's kind of like a two for one rotation when you're talking about drives, like Akers touches are kind of all grouped together which I don't necessarily love. Uh, last week, Alexander Madison only had 8.3 expected half PPR points, and he's never been an efficient player on them. Uh, the Justin Jefferson injuries kind of works both ways. I don't think the Vikings are going to pass the ball as much, but at the same time, you need Justin Jefferson to get to the goal line, and Alexander Madison needs every goal line opportunity he can get to pay off. Uh, so really the only good news is they're playing the Bears, and the Bears are the third worst team against fantasy running backs. So... Aside from that, it's it's not looking good for Alexander Madison. I would try to sell him if you can, um, because I do think this will be close to a 50-50 split uh, with Cam Akers eventually. The Bears are allowing a league-high 17.6 receiving points per game to opposing backfields. It's okay. a lot. Mm-hmm. Damian Pierce, the running back 21 this week. Hayden, we're supposed to be the advocates for Damian Pierce. He's facing the New Orleans Saints, a difficult defense. Yes. Uh, I will add, you are two spots ahead of consensus who have him as a running back 23 this week. That's right. Saints, though, 3.4 yards per carry to running backs. They're the yeah. third best unit against fantasy running backs as well. Damien Pierce has been inefficient all year. I think a lot of that is offensive line oriented. Laramie Tunsil, Titus Howard, their left and right tackle 
are back as they were last week, but Damian Pierce is pretty game script dependent. This should be a pretty close game. The Texans, though, they have the highest neutral run rate in the NFL. In theory, Damian Pierce is the identity of their offense. He's been that running back 15 in fantasy usage. They just need to prove it to me to actually get Damian Pierce all the way up there. And this is a right. tougher spot in general. But the second we start seeing the efficiency kind of click and the yards before contact get working in his favor, you'll see me ranking Damian Pierce well right. ahead of consensus. That's a promise. The yards before contact, the blocking has been the big issue. I mean, he's averaging just 0.73 yards before contact. That's 39th in the NFL. And then just 26% of the, of the Texans rushing attempts this season have just gained five or more yards. Five yeah. or more yards. That's the lowest rate in the league right now yeah. so let's get these blockers healthy which they have been and now on the field for a bit more for them to uh gel as we go along i mean nothing's worth in Ramondre stevenson right now as uh running back 22 against the las vegas raiders well i mean what am i supposed to do here man okay. like this do you is... want to talk about it well i think it's worth talking about because i have him on my team and i'm debating him in, in the flex this week uh he's the rb 26 in usage over the last month uh, as you can see here, Ezekiel Elliott is still playing like early in the game and late in the game. I do think Ramondre in theory is better in garbage time, but like the garbage time the Patriots have been in has been like the unwatchable garbage time. Only positive I can drum up right now is New England's schedule, in my opinion, is a little bit easier moving forward. It's been really bad to start the season, and I think the Raiders' defense is exploitable if they can get anything going, but at this point, you need to see this kind of proven out. And Ramondre just hasn't dusted Zeke Elliott. And like that's just not a good sign. He's the only running back uh, without a 15-yard carry this year uh, among running backs with 65 carries in general. Just no explosiveness for Ramondre. And he hasn't been like a consistent rusher. He needs the explosive plays. And whether it's him, the offensive line, or whatever it is, there's been no explosive this entire offense. Saquon Barkley, for now, is your running back 23. This is at the Buffalo Bills. I saw a practice clip of Saquon Barkley, who has a heavily taped uh, right ankle. Heavily taped. After missing, what, two and a half, three and a half weeks? Yeah, I mean, high ankle sprains could be four to six week injuries, like, very easily. Um, and Saquon's, like, rushed back previously and has not looked good when, while doing so. I'm not taking this offense serious at all until we get offensive alignment back. Like it's simple as that. We don't know about Daniel Jones, his uh, injury uh, this week. We don't know about Saquon's official effectiveness. All I know is it's not good. Both Colts running backs are the next two for you. You have Zach Moss slightly ahead of Jonathan Taylor. What is the latest from like a coaching talking point and news standpoint right now? Um, so Shane Steichen said that they're going to quote ramp him up in practice this week um, and probably increase his usage uh, in general. I think that means closer to 50 50, I would guess. I think it's going to be a little bit of a slow crawl. Uh, he only played 10 snaps last week, only had right. like six touches. So there's a lot of room. Ramp up is a wild definition that can be from 10 touches to 14 touches. Um, and I think that's kind of where I'm at with him. So we'll just follow the news later on the week. Yeah, and join us on Sunday for our Sunday morning Q&A. Hayden will be out this week. I'll get a guest who uh, is even better. There we go. <laughs> Jacksonville has been good against the run this year, though. I mean, yeah. allowing just 3.6 yards per carry to opposing backs. So, mm -hmm. Okay, Deontay Foreman checks in for you as running back 26. Who knows how this team is going to handle the replacement for Khalil Herbert right now. And it's almost as if the injury report is going to dictate them to force Deontay Foreman into this spot. 
Yeah, Roshan Johnson in the concussion protocol was a DNP, did not practice on Wednesday, which basically means you ruled out when you're in the concussion protocol. So Deontay Foreman and Travis Homer are the two backs uh, that are most in line for playing time. So Deontay Foreman's the classic early down guy, Travis Homer, special teams passing situations. All I know is the Bears are dead last in running back fantasy usage, uh, only projecting 14.1 expected half PPR points over the last month. So that's enough to get Deonta Foreman in the flex radar. I don't think he's a must start, uh, even though the Bears have been playing better, um, starting with the offensive line, ending it with DJ Moore down the field and Justin uh fields in between so i think it's a good spot i think i think deonta form is like a fine enough player for like on the like has been a healthy scratch all season scale i think deonta form is one of the better players in a situation like that like that um it is interesting because the team has chosen roshan over him yes and so if roshan magically is cleared this week or let's say heading into next week and the week after mm-hmm. it would be shocking to me if roshan does not then run ahead of Deontay Foreman, but also as you, as you talked about, Travis Homer's dealing with a hamstring injury on top of this. Oh, is he really? Damn. Oh yeah, he missed practice today with a hamstring issue. All right, that's why we have the Sunday show, or that's why you have the Sunday show. <laughs> I'll, I'll continue to update my rankings. Turns out I don't lock him in on uh, Wednesday at two uh, p.m. Uh, and this defense has been like really good at stopping the run, other than when they play DeAndre Swift so far this season. Just two point five yards per carry. 2.5 yards per wow. carry. Jeff Wilson back in our lives starts tier five. Running back 27 for you. We talked about Raheem Mostert. You mentioned that we hopefully believe that Jeff Wilson is back. And if he is, what are your expectations? Because, you know, both backs have gotten home in a lot of situations for the Dolphins. I'm not sure if we can impart that onto Jeff Wilson. Yeah, not breaking any news here, but the Dolphins have a path to two fantasy running backs paying off. They've been fourth in usage and absolutely dunking on everybody's model when it comes to efficiency. Jeff Wilson is the guy I would be most optimistic if he gets cleared ribs and or is like it was like first of all, all the Jeff Wilson news has been so vague. Yeah. I don't even know how to break it down. I believe it's a pinky and a midsection injury. You don't know if that's ribs or an ab. Who knows what it is? All I know is I'll be tracking the practice reports. I think they want Jeff Wilson and Raheem to be a one-two punch, but it's impossible to know that. For now, I'd rather have Jeff Wilson over Salvin Ahmed and Chris Brooks because I think even if it's not this week, it should be next week. And I know for a fact that Jeff Wilson should be ahead of those other guys unless this injury is really bad. But Jeff Wilson, if he's fully practicing and stuff, I do think that he is in the flex mix. I might even rank him higher than this because they are going to go crazy uh, in this game. Okay. I don't think we need to talk about Tyler Algier, who checks in as your running back 28. Let's next go to the Panthers' backfield. Uh, we can immediately log off after that. Yes, Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard are running back 29 and 30 here. Miles Sanders now has a shoulder issue and it forced him out of practice on Wednesday. Yep. It's head, shoulders, knees, and toes for Miles Sanders this year. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a chance that it's Chuba Hubbard. Give Miles Sanders a break here playing the Dolphins. They will be massively trailing the entire game. So I'm calling it check check down Chuba time. If you're looking to PPR scam, <laughs> I do think that Chuba will be in the mix uh, too early to tell if Miles Sanders is going to be truly out. But when Miles Sanders has been actually on the injury report missing practice, it has not been good. So I think this is a week to get put Miles Sanders on the bench, let him rest up. Things have not been going uh, well for him. Um, and if that is the case, PPR scam Chuba is officially in our lives. We legit could see Visca at running back too if Miles yes. Sanders misses. Uh, another 
running back who is less exciting. Keontae Ingram checks in next for you. Uh, <laughs> big difference between the two. Imari DiMarcato has yep. been a hot waiver name in week six. Why do you have Keontae Ingram ranked far higher? Well, Ingram has been the number two for years behind James Conner. Um, he's been injured recently, and that's why DiMarcado has been playing more. I think it's just a stylistic fit. Like Keontae Ingram, he's not very good, but he's got the size and rushing style that's more similar to James Conner. He's six foot two twenty. Imari Di Mercado is five nine two fifteen, and I to me he looks smaller than that. I think that Imari is more of a patient finesse kind of passing down back, where Keontae Ingram is more north south styled. And this offense needs that north south styled guy. It's just not going to be a great spot. I think they will split the the role um, as expected, and they're only projected for just over twenty points against the Rams. So. I think it's just a Styles kind of identity thing that replaces James Conner. And then on top of that, unofficial depth chart list Ingram as the starter. So Both Ravens backs are next on your rankings. I don't even know if this is worth a discussion because their touches are basically a 50-50 split. They are used in different ways. They are just bye week or injury fill-ins for you as you're running back too in a desperate situation. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, and they're playing the Titans this week. Right, so... Right. We Not saw the good. Titans get run over last week, but uh, that was a probably one out of every five games. Yeah, it's 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 hard to stop Zach Moss at this point. It's crazy. <laughs> okay, Jerome Ford, our guy, running Your back guy. 36 this week. <laughs> what stood out to me is when I was looking at the projected totals, the Browns were super down on the list. And then about 15 minutes after I looked, it shows up that Deshaun Watson is still not practicing from a shoulder issue, and that's coming out of a bye week. Yeah, and it seems like Stefanski is pretty tilted about it as well. Um, really? I don't think Deshaun's going to play this game because the implied team deals at 15. Right. So now you're talking about P.J. Walker, who's just new to the team, Jerome Ford, like playing most of the snaps, but not a full bell cow against the 49ers. Like, not my problem. I won't be dealing with it. Again, you mentioned it's against the 49ers. He already has faced the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens, two yeah. very good rushing defenses as the starter so far this year. And so it's basically touched on our bust. It's basically touched on our yeah. bust for Jerome Ford, and that's the way it goes. I'll call him a buy low next week. Next week. That? That's my promise. Let's hope. Okay. The rest of this list includes my guy, Jaleel McLaughlin, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Why don't we just talk about him real quick? Because yeah. you actually have him ranked the highest among all Broncos running backs. And that includes Javante Williams, who was back as a full participant in practice. Yeah, I wanted to rank Jaleel higher, but I think this is going to be just a three-back committee. And ultimately, when you're in a three-back committee on the Broncos, I don't have that much interest. To me, it's like McLaughlin is like your Darren Sproles type. Javante Williams is like an early down guy. And then Samaj P. Ryan in some passing situations and change of pace. It's just too many mouths to feed with Javante Williams full participant. So... I mean, if Jaleel McLaughlin like completely dusts Javante Williams where he's only playing five snaps, then awesome. I don't think that's the most likely outcome in the Chiefs defense. We can pretend that there's garbage time points available against the Chiefs defense. That unit's just good everywhere. Chris Chris Jones, one of the best players in the whole league. And they're, they're, their secondary has, is filled with like just awesome young players. And they have they've added some like rotational edge guys on top of it. So I'm not pretending like the chiefs, you just like get the garbage time points and keep going. Like, right. You got to earn it against them now. Totally with you. McLaughlin is though the most fun player on this offense. I would already say that like 
despite not knowing anything about him heading into the season. We've only known about him for about two weeks other than that touchdown run in week one. Uh, he is the most electric part of this offense. And despite saying all that, Samaj P. Ryan still outsnapped him last week, 38 to 21. And now you throw a third running back into that equation. He's just too tiny. Like it's just like the, yeah. I mean, you, you can't he give can still these be guys fun. 15 touches. He can still be fun. He can okay. Be. We'll close out Tajay Spears uh, as the last name. And then Imari DiMarcato right in front of him. Um, Spears, also an electric player, but I will add with him, I think he had the most touches of his career so far last week mm-hmm. at like 11. Yeah, and they're getting him, like they're using him at the same time with Derrick Henry, Pony personnel, end arounds, like an abbreviated version of what they've been doing in Miami, which is cool to see. I, I like them doing that with uh, Taiji, but it's just, you're asking a lot at this point. All right, that's it. 43 minutes of goodness on 36 running backs this week. We'll be back with the quarterbacks, tight ends, and sicko defenses tomorrow ahead of Thursday Night Football. And then Friday, as you know, wide receivers, all of them, every single one that you could consider starting in your fantasy leagues. All right, that's going to do it for Hayden. I'm Josh and producer Weaves up the villa. We'll talk to you all soon.